It's the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood. Back for another week. Banks, RDT, myself, Taylor Smythe with you. Uh, fellas, Memorial Day weekend in the books. Uh, how are your weekends? Let's just start with that. Just, you know, a little little check. Banks is giving a nice, you know, little hand gesture. So it says, seems like he had a good weekend. Uh, three rounds of golf. I, mean, I haven't had an opportunity to play as much golf as I'd like to recently. And uh had the itch to get down there and get that done and um, mission accomplished. You and I both played in a windy round, albeit in two different groups at Monday on, on Lighthouse. Very, very windy. Quite windy. Quite windy. All the tough holes into the wind, too. Nobody yeah, ve- tough conditions. Tough conditions. Yeah. RDT, how was your weekend? It was good. It was good. It went by. I feel like holiday weekends go by way too fast. I feel like they go by quicker than normal weekends now. Like, Yeah. I don't know. Monday I guess maybe because you have, like, more planned, so maybe you're just hours are being taken up by actual things. But sometimes on, like, a lazy weekend, you're kind of chilling and not doing as much. Could be. I'd have to agree with know. that. Yeah. No, it is. <clears throat> I think the scaries get turned up a little bit more if you're going to do the Ocean City thing or another beach or just going somewhere. Just the travel alone just kind of tacks on – like it kind of takes away that extra day in itself. You kind of feel like you need that extra bit of recovery. So Monday, I mean, Memorial Day is just a recovery day every year. It's not even like it is a vacation day. Yes, it's a day off. But at the same time, it's just like either you're back from where you were and you're just like relaxing and just trying to recover from the last couple of days or you're traveling that specific day and you're getting back late and you're like, holy fuck, where'd the weekend go? Like, why am I, why did I just like do this to myself? And you're just like dreading the fact it's like all time scary night. Is that Memorial Day uh, Monday night? hundred uh, percent. The, the, I, I want to say, I want to hear your comments on this bag. So we'll move into the sports stuff that we are assigned to talk about here. We're assigned three of us. Nothing Taylor, by the way, that is, that is true. The, the, Ocean City environment on Memorial Day this year, it just doesn't feel like there's as many people there. And I know the weather wasn't as good. I just – you didn't – like – I just didn't – you just didn't feel like there was many people. Now, I know there, I'm sure, were were packed at Secrets and Fagers and all the big bars. But, like, you just kind of – I just kind of went around town and just did not feel like it was as crowded. And and I heard from, you know, went to dinner with my – with a few people on Thursday night. um, And – heard from a local restaurant owner that there's just not as many people coming down for Memorial day um, year to year anymore, which I think is kind of fascinating. And some of that has to do with the weather. Um, but it just didn't feel like there was many people there, but I also didn't, you know, hit the huge nightlife. So maybe, maybe that's a, the wrong perception, but um, definitely not as many people on the beach, but also that could have to do with weather. Just, just a take, just an overall take I wanted to throw out there to you banks. You were also there. You did different you- things than I did. You kind of you kind of touched on my angle um, towards the end there. I think um, the perspective is a little different as we get older, and we're not quite just absolutely letting it rip all three nights that we're out there and staying out till the bars close and getting involved with the drunk bus and um, just dealing with the ruckus the way we we used to. Maybe um, it did seem like there were lesser people, and I think the the reasons why you kind of hit head on i also think there was a couple year period there where we came out of covid and it was like this is like the super memorial day weekend and then we had the big letdown with the rain the one year and then we've just kind of like kind of 
been finding our level ground here from year to year since COVID. And maybe this is just kind of where we're leveling out. I don't know. Yeah. The weather definitely has not been as good the last few years as well. That's that's definitely a factor. Definitely a factor. Um, all right, let's jump into it. Orioles. Um, I, you know, I feel like throughout the year, for the most part, when we come on and talk about the Orioles, the talk has been, you know, m- pretty much the majority of it's been positive. We've we've you know they've done a lot of good things. You know, players have have performed well. Um, the overall mood around the team is great, and that hasn't changed. They're still, you know. Uh, with 35 wins, 35 and 20, t- 21, four games out from a, you know, a race team that that leads the bigs and w- has led the bigs and wins all year. There's nothing certainly to panic about, but this wasn't. I would say this is one of their worst weeks of the year. You lose two home series, um, and you lose Cedric Mullins for an undetermined amount of time. Is sort of like a kick in the, you know, kick in the pants. Besides the losses, and so you know that's going to happen. The ebbs and flows of a baseball season, but. I think, you know, especially at home when they're trying to build that sort of momentum at home, you want to try to win those home series. And uh, they just did not get it done over the last six um, after a big series win in New York um, that, they, that they had. So, you know, definitely not a panic button week by any means. They're, they're still tracking it in, in all the good ways. But the Mullins injury is certainly one that is disappointing considering how well he had been playing and how much of a catalyst he is not only in the lineup, but also defensively RDT. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a tough one to swallow. Um, the late innings of a of a game where they just looked dead, and they were just they were it just looked like it was a bad game all around. I think it was Monday, whatever. Yeah, Monday, they lost five nothing to the Guardians. And again, you're like, ah, whatever, just get this game over with. I think it was the eighth, and you see Cedric just you know hit a ground ball, and it's a ground ball that he would have beat out, and he stops like right before first base. And at first, you're like. Don't grab the back of your leg. Don't grab your knee. Um, I thought he grabbed his quad at first. And that's when I was like, oh, okay, maybe it's like a cramp. Maybe we're doing something. And then you could see it was his groin. And you knew right away that it wasn't going to be a good one. Um, <clears throat> obviously nothing. I mean, I guess it's it's a sprain, so it's technically a tear. But, you know, it's nothing torn off the bone or anything like that. And, we, and we lost Eric? again, just kind of refreshing and waiting. And we got the Aaron Hicks stuff, and that's when you're like, "All right, it's not going to be a couple days; it's going to be weeks." Um, it's good that it's not months. Um, so, so that was good. But yeah, that was a real just kind of kick in the dick. Like it, it really took the wind out of people's sails. Um, RDT having the banks tonight. The, just doing uh, the absolute drink connection. They go, he goes. Um, so, yeah. Oh, you now me? you're back. Yeah, we got you. You're oh, kind of going in and out, but we got you. Everyone's everyone's frozen. Oh, now we may have lost him back. Well, um, again, just kind of a kick in the dick and, and a real letdown. Um, and it sucks. They're going to have to weather the storm without him for, for a couple weeks. So, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, they they certainly, you know, it's it's one of the guys I think maybe besides Adley that you feel like in terms of like the organizational depth is the is the one guy besides on the position player side I, I wouldn't even throw the pitching in there that you don't feel like you can kind of afford to lose. They don't have a tailor made center fielder to like jump in there. That's you know even one of the prospects or whatever it may be. Um, they bring in Aaron Hicks, whatever. You hope you can get some stuff out of them. 
certainly didn't look bad today when he was in there. Um, he's been fairly atrocious for the Yankees um, over the past couple of years. Um, you know, some weird defensive miscues hasn't hit all that well. And there's a reason he got let go from there. So you hope he can give you some serviceable stuff, but um, we'll see how this, this sort of, you know, changes their, you know, approach to maybe bring some of the, you know, guy like Colton Cowser up or something just to give you some more outfield depth. The other big sort of move there is, is they am sending Grayson Rodriguez down um, banks and then, and, you know, we've talked about Grayson a lot and, and he gets sent down after some, you know, a mixed bag of appearances so th- far throughout the year. Sorry. You cut out there for a sec. I didn't catch that. We're, we're struggling here. Say that again. Grayson Rodriguez sent down thoughts. Yeah, I mean, it was due to happen. I know I've been beating the drum and just let him go out there and continue to um, kind of work your way through it and, and learn from the, the, you know, the failures and all that type of stuff. But um, you do have to draw a line at a certain point where you're, you're, a, you know, a theory, a pennant contending team. You know, you can't just afford to go out there and take losses every fifth day. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of being you know, kind of accountable to the results. Um, he did have some things to work out. Um, and I, I think that going down to kind of work those kinks out in, in, in AAA, as well as uh, letting some guys kind of get back in and get their chances in the rotation, guys that you had kind of expected from day one to be contributors. Um, it, it doesn't really send the right message to the clubhouse to continue to, to, to put him out there while he continues to struggle and then have somebody kind of either in AAA or in the bullpen pitching long relief and, and have them kind of underutilized and uh, grow frustrated about their lack of opportunity. So um, that's just, that's just sports, you know, that's baseball. Um, you want to hope that your, your top pitching prospect comes up and tears it up immediately and is a huge contributor up front. Um, I'm guilty. And I think we're all a little guilty of maybe expecting um, at least some solid contribution from him here in the first half. Um, I don't know that we went overboard with it, though, and I'm, I'm kind of thankful for that. Um, but, yeah, uh, we'll see if he can kind of figure it out and come back up. And um, he would be far from the first to, to kind of get beaten up and, and set down and, and come back up and, and tear things up. So, yeah, it's, it's maybe one adjustment. Maybe it's a competence issue. It's – it's um, I don't know, but um, they had to do something eventually, and and push came to shove here. Yeah, it was um, Friday was tough watching him again. That was maybe one of the more anticipated games of the season. You know, you come home off that that awesome road trip, you um, your debut in the City Connect jerseys, and you know Adley hits a home run early, Mullen drops a home run early, and you're like, this is going to be fun. This is going to be this is going to be a good one. And then it kind of unraveled for him. And he didn't get helped by his defense at all. Mateo booted a, a routine ground ball that would have got him out of that inning at 5-1. Tony kind of kicked the ball around in right field. Um, yeah, and I get him. You know, it, it sucked because uh, obviously I don't think there's anyone more in the corner than we are. Um, but it, it was kind of clear something had to happen. And I, w- I was with you, Brian, the like, you know, let him, takes his lump, let him take his lumps up here. And I was talking to some people and they said, listen, you know, this was two years ago. Yes, you let him do that. This is a team who, again, is, I mean, they're trying to compete right now. They're trying to contend. You know, it's tough going out. And, and, and again, I mean, nobody's going to root harder for him than we will. 
again, I, I there was a select few amount of people who openly seemed to be like rooting against him. Like one guy, I looked at his timeline and he was like MF in him, like hardcore. And I think I just responded like, kind of weird, dude. Like, wouldn't you want on your team to, you know, do well and support him? And his answer was, oh, it's just a figure of speech. It's like, no, it's not. That's, again, it, it's just a, it was a weird little section of Twitter. But again, I'm hoping, you know, maybe he'll miss one or two more starts, figure something out, um, come back up. And, and again, I mean, the, you know, we had people trying to write him off saying, you know, well, I knew he wasn't going to be the guy. He's not going to be the guy. So, listen, I mean, how many, how many rookie pitchers have struggled in their first 10 or 15 starts? You know, it, it's going to happen. I, I can, you can't even really think of, rookie pitchers coming up and being awesome you just the entire way through their season it's gonna it's it's a struggle it's tough again especially in this ballpark pitching against you know the rangers are the best offensive team in baseball he got smoked by the angels a couple weeks ago too they're not too shabby on offense either they've got some good players so again it, it, it sucked to watch but I, i'm with you guys it, it had to happen something had to go ahead um and hopefully again he's not down in normal too much longer and, and we see him back up here confident ready to go, stuff looking sharp. And, and again, he's a guy that we're, we're watching pitch deep into October. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that you guys are, are spot on there. And I think that, you know, there is, as you said, the natural reaction to, you know, those things that happen when you have super high expectations. Um, and, you know, Gunnar, Hen Gunnar Henderson is experiencing some of that as he goes through this year as well, where, you know, you are expected to be an absolute superstar from day one. And, Gunner's situation only made worse by the fact that he was so fantastic last year in his sort of first experience in Major League Baseball. Um, and you come to the realization that this this thing is hard. Um, and you're gonna go through slumps and and you're gonna have you're gonna have um, issues. And and the and the the thing you don't want is and what would be concerning if when he comes back up, if this if you don't see any of the if you see less and less of the signs of success as he goes through the rest of his year, you know. That that you know consistent lack of success makes you think like oh, okay maybe is there something wrong here like it's why I don't get really concerned about Gunnar Henderson because he's had success at every level and there were a couple times in his minor league career where he's you know had some struggles and then figured it out and got there um, and Grayson's been the same thing um, so you 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 would hope that trajectory continues if there's a consistent lack of success um, over a long period of time that's when I think you're concerned you know this is a a sport you have slumps and lulls and all those different things. So, you know, as we saw, I think the perfect example of where I'm going right now, Anthony Santander is a, you know, absolute professional stunk to start the year. Quite frankly, he was awful and he, you know, has an OPS of a thousand in May. So, you know, it's just, it, you know, and with younger players, it's going to be more pronounced than a guy that's had a lot of big league experience. Um, and I did want to shout out Santander. He's clearly now figured it out. Um, and that's huge for the Orioles moving forward offensively. Um, I think they had kind of been waiting for him to break out. Um, and he's done so over the course of this month. So um, he's kind of got it back rolling. Obviously, Austin Hayes continues to be really Mr. Solid on this team um, from an offensive perspective. Mm -hmm. um, you know, had a, had a very good May um, hitting over 300. So, you know, this is a team that continues to be very, very good. Um, obviously, they've lost two consecutive series, and that's, you know, never what you want to see. But you look at the you look at the AL standings and they sit in third, um, a game and a half in front of the Yankees, a half game behind the Rangers, who have spent a billion dollars and um, behind a historic start from the race. So when you contextualize all of it, 
it's still in a, they're still in a very good spot and they're fun to watch day in and day out for the most part. So, um, but yeah, just I, I think a cut those the, the the Grayson news and the and the Mullins news over the course week I think is tough for two guys that I think are also really well liked by the fan base, right? Um, and for both of them to go through that stuff, I think it's just like yeah, as you said, RDT, they get something well, it's like a kick in the dick. It's like, well, these are these are two guys we want along for the ride. You want you want them there for the whole time, and hopefully Cedric's not out too long. Um, but we'll see how it goes. Um, they now go into um, the next swing of their schedule here. Um, sorry, I'm scrolling down to get to it. Uh, a little West Coast swing for the boys as they head to San Francisco. Yeah, Lamont Wade, um, Maryland's Lamont gonna... Wade for the Giants. Oh, true, true, three true. It's about three that time too. Oh, it is. It is. Boys are boys are playing some good ball down there at the. Uh, Bob. This weekend's one of the best weekends in. in on the baseball calendar. Yeah, we will. Uh, we will get there. We will get there in a second. I'm um, sure we will. Because that is, <laughs> you and you and I love this weekend, Banks. We are absolutely obsessed with it. Um, Banks is loaded, baby. Yeah, oh no, they've changed it though. It's now um, extra innings. Extra? No, no, no. Is it squeeze play? Oh, they made it squeeze play one year. They had. Yeah, we talked it. about this yeah. last year. Hopefully, they changed it back. Um. Yeah, at San Francisco, then they they go to Milwaukee, then then back home for th- that for a six game home stand against Kansas City and Toronto. Um, so we'll see how they they do in their first foray towards the uh, to the West out there um, against the Giants. And that's a fun season. Let me tell you what, if you if that would not be a bad one, and it's a tough because it's a cross country flight, but like going and watching three games with the Orioles in San Francisco, that ballpark's beautiful. That's not a bad that's not a bad one if you're if you're like a West Coast Orioles fan who wants to go see the team not their plan. Well, I hope you, I hope there's some a good contingent of of Baltimore fans in the stadium this weekend because that's a good place to go see a game. Sure, there will be. Yeah, I haven't been. I'd, I'd love to get out there. Um, it's a pretty expensive city to get to, I think. But yes, it uh, is. You know, people say it's one of the top what five ballparks in in the game. Maybe it's kind of on yep. that fringe. Um, never been to San Francisco. I'll say the city in itself. I don't know. Um, it's not. It's not terribly high on my list. Um, but uh, in terms of pure baseball, like I mean, you just think about Barrett Bonds splash hits. Didn't Lamont Wade hit like the 69th splash hit or like the 100th or something? Like he was something. He had something that he did. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him, man. They're on 99. So. So. Oh, uh, that's see. Adley made good with that, aren't they? Think so. Yeah. Dude, Adley, come on. They all have. They have, do. They have to be home splash hits. I I think so. I think they are all all home ones, which kind of lessens it. That's I don't know. I'll do some more research, but because again, you got to think. I I think it's home hits, and I think Barry is like seventy of the ninety nine. That's the, the case. Barry, the, the Barry Bonds YouTube compilations are some of the great, some mm. of the great watches. Just the home run compilations. Even him hitting just absolute tanks in Japan. <laughs> I love it. So yeah, they, they head out there, and then and you, you, hopefully they can get a couple road series win under the belt before uh, before they head back home, and and hopefully the Cedric Mullins injury does not last too much longer. Guys, I would transition to talking about the Ravens, but there is like legitimately nothing to talk about. So if you're asking us, you know, talk about the Ravens every week, sometimes there's nothing to talk about, and this week. There's nothing to talk about, which honestly, considering how the last six months has gone, not a bad thing. 
We're rolling along. <laughs> OTAs. Everyone stay out of trouble. Everyone stay healthy. And we will continue to roll throughout the summer. So let's get to our starting five draft presented by Fed Thrill, guys. Um, let me tell you what. Sunglasses should be out and about now. Does Banks have his? Oh, this would be perfect. Yes. These are the monumentals, puts, baby. Puts them right on the monumentals. So many styles. So many different types and models of sunglasses go to fed thrill um you can get 20 percent off with the promo code exit 52 for all your sunglasses needs they've got the you know some of the baltimore styles and local styles um great great work by them um and so make sure to go and buy their stuff promo code exit 52 at checkout get you 20 percent off Gents, uh, the the really the big um, story in entertainment over the last week or so, two big finales, Ted Lasso and Secession, um, that that people were, were were tapped into. So Banks had the good suggestion of uh, our starting five draft is finales and finishes. So that brings in a couple of different things. The year finale for a series, maybe it's a book, maybe it's a TV, maybe it's a movie. Um, situation or um, the finish of something. So that could be a sporting event, a season, um, some run of some kind of, of another elk, um, whatever it may be. So finishes and finales um, is our charting five draft, which is, which is very topical at this point. People were very locked into all of those different things. So I will generate the old order here. Ba, 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 ba. It is generating. This is the most electric part of the week for everybody. RDT has the first pick. Banks, you have the uh, second pick. And I have the wraparound. So, RDT, you can start us off. This could go in a variety of different places. Um, and I, maybe not one you wanted the first pick in because you kind of have to set the tone. But, RDT, you have the first um, pick. No, I, I got a good one, I think. Um, my first um... – my first, I guess, finale or finish. I'm gonna go Curse of the Andino. I'm going the final game of the mm. uh, of uh, 2011, Game 162. Um, just a hell of a wrap up a terrible season, and again, eventually was the uh, was kind of the the appetizer to that awesome 2012 season. But again, not in that game just in general, but the entire that night of baseball, which again is one of the much just most legendary nights of baseball in general with the Yankees and Rays and, and the, the fight in the wild card for the NL. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll go with uh curse of the Andino again to, to kind of close the book on that 2011 NLB regular season, just in, in, in all time night. On all time night and all time. I mean the, an all time baseball night, just in general, one of the, I mean, just one of the great, great sports nights, regular season sports nights of all time. <laughs> Mm-hmm. One of the great postmortems as well. Just the fallout is, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. some shows do a really good job of where the finale isn't like really the finale, but they they just do that extra episode. Of the Wire was great about doing that, not spoke picks or anything, but finale wise, that one had a great like. Is it a prologue or an epilogue? I don't know what which one's which, um, but yeah, the part where you just kind of dissect what went wrong and why. The fried chicken and beer thing, John Lester, Josh Becky, like that whole thing going on there. I mean, that was one of the best behind the scenes of how that fell apart. Mm-hmm. So, Banks, you have the second pick. 
I'm going to take the the super chalky one, but it's one of my favorites and it's controversial. People tend to to bang on it. I feel like a lot of critics were heavy on it, but I think it was a great, great way to send it off. I'm going with Seinfeld. Uh, I just think the concept of just bringing in all those characters and bringing them in for like one little joke here, one little joke there, where just you get to see, you know, the soup Nazi and you get to see the um, – just like all these characters that that and Jackie Chili is just like right at the center of it doing his thing. They end up in jail. There's no hugs. There's no lessons learned. It was just the perfect way to send off that show for what it was and how it ended. Um, even Jerry just doing the, the stand up as the credits ran. Um, so good. I think it's so good. And if you are one of those people that just like expected something more from it, then you just have a big dump in your pants and you didn't you don't deserve a better you don't deserve an ending. Like you, you just, you suck is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. That it, it, it is an interestingly controversial topic. There's some other controversial series finales, but I also agree. I, I like the Seinfeld finale. I thought it was good. Good show. I it, yeah. I thought it was, I, I remember that was like the first show that I remember like sitting down with my parents being like, Oh, this is the last one. And then I remember when it was over, just my dad being like, well, that was kind of it. Like, wasn't great, wasn't awful, <laughs> wasn't terrible, but he's like, that was certainly a finale, and yes, it was. Um, I've got two here. I'm going to go one entertainment and one in sports. Um, this is probably not as applicable to you guys because I don't feel like you guys were in on this entire run of movies, but I'm going to take Avengers Endgame as my first one, um, which sort of ended that saga of Marvel movies. They did an unbelievable job landing the plane on a storyline that involves – like 20 different characters, probably more than that, from a bunch of different movie franchises that they weaved a tapestry of throughout like the course of a decade and then landed in an incredible ending with a very, very good movie. Um, it is like a a lot of things that like build up to that point don't end very well, especially like in movies, the the third movie of a of a trilogy or the fourth or whatever. You eventually just run out of ideas and they're not as good, but they did a fantastic job. Um on Avengers Endgame. So I'm going to take that. Also has one of the great videos of people reacting to a scene in the theater of all time um, when they do the Avengers Assemble situation. Um, so I'm going to take that first. And then I'm going to take the uh, the Jason Lezak uh, relay leg uh, to help Phelps win um, the goal, one of the relay goals in, in 2008. Just one of, I think we, that's been taken in maybe like three drafts already, but I don't care. It's freaking <laughs> awesome. It's one of the all-time finishes. And that guy's an American hero. And I, I, if he doesn't have the Presidential Medal of Freedom already, he should. So, good for Jason Lee, Zach. Nice. By the way, can, mean, can, where, where are we going to tear that apart? Yeah. It's, just the, it's, it's, it's a video I watch maybe three times a year. <laughs> the, the phrase, landing the plane, has been more on Twitter this week than any other phrase in history. Just because of, of certain shows and Oh really? I didn't. I haven't seen because I'm not. I wasn't invested in either finale yet because I I I watched Ted Lasso and I just haven't gotten through the whole thing. But they said landing the plane gets always used with these like with these um oh. with two things that I with Marvel with the Marvel stuff because they're always at the long term storylines and then with wrestling wrestling storylines the landing the plane always gets used because you always have that type of stuff. So yeah yeah. Uh, Banks. 
speaking of landing the plane, or uh, rather like failing to, uh, I'm going to take game seven of the 2023 Eastern Conference Finals, NBA, Boston Celtics, absolutely laying a gigantic egg at home in game seven after absolutely puffing their chest out and and, and counting their chickens before they were hatched after just a pretty wild game six. You know, that was a crazy, crazy ending that left me absolutely mouth agape. Couldn't believe it just happened. Couldn't believe that, like, nobody felt like boxing out on that play. Like, I don't know. It was just crazy um, the way that Boston came out and were already circling the wagons and just laid a complete turd on their home floor. So that brought me a ton of joy um as the demise of boston sports tends to do um so that's a big double whammy there um yeah and i guess in theory i could take if i mentioned what i want to it would be kind of taking another finale but um for them to kind of do that twice the city you know to eight seeds in the same spring that's a shame that's a real shame <laughs> Tough. Not arguing with that. Tough, tough ending for them. Tough, tough. Um, I am going to go with uh, Drew Nicholas versus UNC Wilmington. I'm going heavy on sports. That was, again, we're just trying to think. Like, I mean, it's got to be my favorite buzzer beater of all time. And like, you know, there's a couple Gilbert ones. Um, but this game again, the year after the the championship, first first round of the tournament, being like, "Holy shit, they're going to be out. This is awful. We're going to lose to that guy, Brent Blizzard." We've talked about him a bunch on here too. Like if Brent Blizzard knocks them out, like this is going to be awful. And then just Drew Nicholas right down the right down the the sideline and right into the locker room. And again, when we interviewed Gary, talked about yelling at the ref because he said they he fucked him over on a couple of calls earlier. Um, so that was this great. And again, like. I was at a I was at a sleepover birthday party with all my boys and we were just going nuts. Like I we ran out into the street, we were screaming. Uh it was just it was fantastic. So that's that's again, that's one of my all time third sport finishes. So that's that's my second pick. You know, I obviously love the moment. I don't know that it's really like a finale. You know, it's just, it was a game. It was a great game and it just finished and it was an exciting finish. And I guess we're doing finishes and finales, but here I'm thinking like series of events. There were chapters, like there wasn't chapters between UNCW and Maryland. It's just kind of one game. So that's still haunts the people down in Wilmington. That, that sucks. (laughs) That sucks. Your second one, RDT. I'm taking a milkshake to finish a meal, like a dessert. Taking a milkshake. (laughs) Finale, just you know, we're closing the book on it. Banks is not happy with my choice. <laughs> the eyes are almost rolling out of the back of his head. Preferably a cookies and cream shake from uh, Chick Fil A. So yeah, yeah. Stamp on I'm rolling my eyes because I was just gonna take dessert, just straight up, just <laughs> as a whole. My next pick was gonna be dessert. So. You, you gotta, can take dessert. I, I got no problem with you taking dessert. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to take it after you take a very specific dessert, which is a great choice. It's a very good choice. Um, I'm just disappointed to have seen that go off the board when I think just a blanket dessert pick was would have been just 
Uh, now I got to scramble and think of something. Well, it almost that almost went it too. That almost went over Drew Nicholas. Mm. Let's get back. Let's get back. Yeah, Banks, yeah. Now you got to scramble. On dessert, any good takes? Uh, you know? No. I mean, I enjoyed my ice cream that I had this weekend in Ocean City. Peanut okay. butter fudge. Yeah, it was. Good. I'm gonna take a nightcap. I'm gonna take like a nice, nice glass Ooh. of whiskey or, or on the rocks or something when you get home or. Uh, maybe it's like a wedding or, uh, or even a rehearsal dinner and you got people together, you're in a remote location, hotel, hotel, AC, something like that. Sure. And you're like, Oh yeah, you're back from the bars and you know, you're still a little wound up and you just kind of want to wean off of it a little bit, have a little pop, you know, have a little pop in the room, you know, have a little whiskey, something, I don't know what's the, whatever your choice is, just a nightcap, something to, to finish the night off. It's a great finale. Yeah. I like that. One. It's always really a nice, uh, nice way to finish it. In the same vein, I'm gonna take the end of the end of the long day shower, um, especially if you've done something like active and outside. There's just nothing like just popping in the shower, right? You know you're going to bed, but you have you have to take the shower before. Just popping in the shower, just letting letting the hot water just run on you, just knowing you had a you had a big time day, and then just it just freshens you right up to, to head to bed and get and go right to sleep. I love especially um the post golf shower uh that is always good. but i took i i took a post preakness day shower we're just like outside all day this, this is why it comes to my mind a couple weeks ago and i just got home you know i sat on the couch for a little bit watched a little tv had some food and then just went up and i was like it's shower time like i'm going to bed it's shower time about to land bed and it was mm, just tremendous just tremendous and we need to do a shower draft best showers yes yep okay. have we done it I don't know. I don't think so. But I, there's a lot of good ones. There's, there's a lot there. of good ones. Yeah, there's something to be said there. I don't know. Yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's a good pick, and I'm I'm kind of you know whenever this ends, I'm doing exactly that. I, I yeah. Would say, yeah. See, would say golf league. Right. I came straight home from that. Got on the podcast. We're letting it rip, and uh, yeah, I could use a shower. I'm ready for it. Yep. That's I love that I'm just setting you up for your ultimate your ultimate destination there. Um, my, I, I'm between a lot of different things on this, but I this was more on the finishes, and I went between like famous ending sequences and actual finishers, but I will settle on um, the Undertaker Tombstone pile driver with the uh, tongue out Ooh. as he puts the arms into the um, the like the the casket. Uh, pose for the the person that's on the mat. Um, always one of the best. Always one of the best. There's a lot of there's a lot of those that could have been in there, but I just like the entire sequence of that. Not only that it's the finisher or the tombstone, but also the very specific pin that the Undertaker puts on. Um, I need to get wrestling in here somewhere, so I will get it in there. I had some other wrestling ones that were in consideration, but I will take that one. And the Undertaker's a, a, a very well gift athlete at this point, so. Figure that's relevant. That's a good one. That's a very good one. I like that one. Um, Banks, you come back here for your fourth pick. I'm going to take Kobe's final game. Him going mm. for 60, just going off, leading the team on a comeback. Don't care that he went up, just put up, I don't know how many shots. Did he put up like 45 field goals? He was just running game. down and being double teamed. Just shooting, he just shooting just, every single okay. time. It was so I good. I love it. I just love the idea that like, yeah, 
there's supposed to be some like decorum as to how you're supposed to treat like the whole you know finale for an athlete that's revered and you know but also supposed to respect the sport and not like make it all about him and play the game out the way it's supposed to be played no kobe's gonna fucking huck it we're giving the ball to 24 he's going down and he's hucking it and the fact that they still won that game um despite being in the hole there awesome awesome and it probably holds a little more value given what's happened since so yeah that was an amazing thing to watch yeah amazing thing to watch um, RDTF two. Um, bu- bu- bum. to complete your team. Um, I'll take the wire finale. I know Brian talked about it earlier. Um, again, I just thought it was a very, it was an, it was a good way to wrap kind of just everything up, and 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 it also kind of left you know, it left a little stray ends out there. You didn't really know what happened to some of the characters, but again, it kind of it sort of brought it all together. Um. But again, you saw everyone, and the last, if you can see Taylor, you haven't seen it. It's not, that's not really ruining anything for you. Um, eh, kind of, not really, but been, it's been over for, started 21 years ago. Um, it's okay. And again, it's just like a fun last scene, and, and you know, with Jimmy and our buddy, and, and they're pulling over on the side of the road, and he says, let's take you home. Um, again, I just thought it was an awesome way to wrap up my favorite show of all time. So I will take that one, and then I'm calling an audible on the fly. Um, oh, oh, who was? It? Um, what year was it? Um, Cavs Warriors game, game seven, 2016. Just the the LeBron takeover down the stretch in that game to to complete that historic comeback and and win win LeBron the first one in Cleveland and probably his most respected championship but uh again the block the, the shot by Kyrie Kevin Love's defense on staff and and just just an all-time NBA game too just a fantastic game um I actually saw when when Elon let people upload like their super long videos like two or three weeks ago someone just loaded the full game on their Twitter so I watched like the last 10 minutes it was just such a fun back and forth game it was awesome but again kind of capped off by LeBron's block on Iguodala and and uh, the shot by Kyrie to win it. So I'll take that to close out the draft. Thanks. I can't Remember believe that. I'm getting this in the last round. I'm taking Coach K's finale. Just a word. Oh, my. Out. UNC two times over, taking the man down, him having to do speeches after a tough loss. The speech where he was like, it's okay, or, or or be quiet or whatever. That was just, I mean. Just- <laughs> yes. Right in there. That oh was great. Gosh. That's a good pick. I can't, That's a could great not pick. have drawn it up better. <laughs> Just chef's kiss again. I couldn't believe it. And then we got to basically do it all over again like three weeks later. It was amazing. So easy. easy pick. Can't believe it lasted this long. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was the best. That was, that's a great pick. It's a great finishing pick there. Um, I'm going to get one show in here just cause it's my, you know, one of my favorite shows. And I do think it has a fantastic finale. I'll take the Friday night lights finale. Um, I think they close up that show very, very well. Um, a lot of good loose ends and, or a lot of good loose ends tied up. You get a, you get a nice Texas forever there from Riggs. 
um, clinking the beer, which is nice. And, um, you know, they win the whole thing. So it's I, nice. I like it. I, I can't, I can't say I remember watching the finale because every episode was a finale. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's funny about the end of that show is like early in that show when they're like doing the 24 episode network type of seasons, they're showing you like every game and they just rip through the playoffs in the, at the end of Friday night, yeah. last, the final season. You, there's like four games. There's like four games an episode. It's like a it's montage like, basically. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Which is not as great. So I did like the football scenes, but what can you do? Uh, okay. Curse of the Andino. RDT. Curse of the Andino. Drew Nicholas. Uh, milkshake to finish a meal. Essentially dessert. I agree with with Banks. I would have just taken dessert, but I like the specificity as well. Uh, the Wire finale and then Cavs Warriors game seven. Banks takes the Seinfeld finale. Um, the egg lay from the Celtics this weekend or this, the last couple of days. Uh, a nightcap. Kobe's final game and Coach K's finale. I took Avengers Endgame, the Jason Lezak final leg. Um, the end of the day shower, uh, the tombstone pile driver and the Friday night lights finale. I don't, there there's the potential for a million honorable mentions here. I don't know if you guys have anything and, or we can move on to Nick Kinner medley. Uh, just cause I was thinking about just lovely endings to things I hate. Just, just the entire idea that the 2014 Yankees trotted out Derek Jeter at shortstop, like a hundred to 120 times. And that team just ate shit and we won the division over them. Never mind the fact that we, who was it, Evan Meek, that like served up the little fastball for him to get his little moment at Yankee Stadium. It was a very nice patronizing moment by the Orioles there. (laughs) Anything from your RDT? Um, I had, like, I was thinking of like David Ortiz's last game. Like, you remember when he, like, they got swept out of the playoffs and it was like, they were just. It was over just crying in the middle of the field. Like, that was a recent one I remember. Um, Breaking Bad finale. Again, there's a couple different shows. Um, sure, I'm missing some other sports ones, but uh, I, Banks' nightcap may be the pick of the maybe the pick of the uh, the draft. I think that is. Yeah, that's a good one. That's uh, a very, very good one. Yeah, that's a hell of a yeah, um, Succession's finale was, it was good. It wasn't a knockout. I think a lot of people are characterizing it as a knockout you know i thought it was good in the sense of yeah it was very much a land the plane situation where even going into the finale very few of the contenders had truly been eliminated so it literally was just like oh plot line boom like it ends and even the what i think bugged me about the finale and i know i'm just speaking into space here because you two have not watched the show but um, I'm just speaking to those who, who do, and if you ever want to watch the show, I guess cover your ears or, but, um, <laughs> the idea that the entire show progressed and there were chess moves made that you could see people making moves behind the scene or setting them up, or you see them setting up the plot twist, or you might not know why they're doing something, but then that reveals themselves why the finale pretty much came down to and the difference between the result of the entire show pretty much came down to like a 90 minute finale where for 60 to 75 minutes there seems to be a consensus among the siblings as to what they're going to do and then towards the end shiv just changes her mind and the vote changes and the result changes and there's not really a ton of look into why she made the choice which i guess is kind of like what they want you to think like hmm, that was thought-provoking and so was the the i mean there were a lot of great like cinematic 
cinematography. I don't know. I'm going to botch that word, so I won't even try. But like, <laughs> a lot of images of of her and Tom in the back of the vehicle and the hand-holding but not hand-holding. And, of course, Kendall out by the water and, you know, kind of open-ended as to what he's doing there. Is he going to do something, you know, very finite and final? Like, you know, um, I don't know. Um so like there's a lot of good pieces there. I don't know that it sits well with me that like it was overall the entire show was I want to say somebody said it was like 50 hours of programming and it really came down to just like oh ship just change your mind and that's it. Like I don't know. It you know it's tough. It's tough because it, it they wanted to end it before it was, you know, fully before it was it's ended earlier rather than later, right? And um they made the big move by killing off the the patient, you know, not just at the end, but like six or seven episodes before the end. So uh overall a great show. And Jake and I jumped on 1057 over the weekend and talked about it before the finale with Glenn Clark, and I thought that was a great conversation. And Jake, uh, Jake was very attuned to the uh, to the conspiracy conspiracy theories, and one of them proved to be pretty much correct: the Wamscans triple play nineteen twenty World Series theory. So um, cool to see, cool show, good show. Gonna miss it. Um, ended well. Not gonna like blow it for what you know for the finale though. How many there seasons was it? Five, four, four? seasons. It seems shorter, but it seems like that's the way to go now. Shorter seasons and just make mm-hmm. them juicy. And I think four is a very nice number of seasons for a show like that. Um, yeah. You can yeah. only do the shit for so long. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, that's the – especially in today's day and age, and they're not trying to like – sometimes these episodes now per episode when they make the production value higher costs a lot more, and they don't – so they don't make the, you know, the 22-episode type of seasons – Especially when you think about a show like some of these like Star Wars shows or like Game of Thrones or the Lord of the Rings shows were like per episode. There's like an insane amount of cost. You're just not making that many episodes. I'm sure Secession wasn't that expensive of a show to make, but um I didn't I don't really have any. I had some other wrestling ones, but I don't need to need to go through those. I think we can move to Nick Kinder Medley, Maryland person of the week. RDT, I will kick it off with you. Uh I'm taking Jake's from last week. I'm gonna just gonna kind of uh it again, uh, Tim Robinson, and I think you should leave. You guys obviously saw the group chat just absolutely exploding. Either, yeah, talk, talk about I had the firm mute on the group chat during that entire <laughs> oh, I, 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 I knew that you guys were. I went to a hard hot. mute, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Taylor has, a, has it regularly muted, but hard. Uh, it, I unmute and mute it depending on if it's being if there's stuff like if it's at work, sometimes I'll mute it if you guys are like going off, and then I'll unmute it, but. I had it firmly muted for that because I just didn't know what was going on. So I was like, "It was this is like a thousand text messages." It was it was a lot. It was a lot. Um, and again, the show is fantastic. If you haven't seen it, please go watch it. it it's it will put you in a very good mood after watching these Orioles series this week. Um, it's just they're, the skits are so fucking funny, and we even got. I mean, we we talked about it with Adley, and then the Baltimore Banner comes out with their article today about Adley and how much he likes the show, and it's like. Where have you guys been? We did this a month ago. We did this three weeks ago. So thanks for paying attention. But um, And then um, kind of double dipping with 
uh, Adley just talking about using all the lines in his uh, MLB network, um, MLB sh a shop video that they put out of him like working undercover at the MLB shop in New York, which is hilarious. Very, very funny stuff there. Um, comments on it were great. People being like, oh, I didn't know it was this funny or like this outgoing. It was, ask if you haven't seen that one, please go watch it. It's just, it was some really good content and it was, it was awesome stuff. So go watch season three if you have it. I enjoyed how much you guys enjoyed it. That was very nice to see. You guys were like so excited about it. And I was I, saying, I, I, I don't watch this, so I can't really like engage, but I'm happy that they're loving it because you guys hype it up. And so just excited that you guys. Liked. I didn't enjoy it. It was a little obnoxious. The the, the season or different talking? takes? I haven't watched it yet. And I, I am going to watch it and I'm going to enjoy watching it. It's just... <laughs> It's just so over the top how much you just go on and on and on and on and on about it. It's just if there, it's exhausting. It's your if show. There's one thing, your show, RDT. If there's one thing that I'll do, I will absolutely drive something into the ground. You guys know this. <laughs> yeah. That is fair. Um, I will go here. Um, Banks briefly brought it up. Uh, baseball regional weekend, one of my favorite weekends of the year. Um, Terps got, you know – just no respect from the draw getting sent to the number one overall seed after winning the regular season in Big Ten tournament. Big Ten certainly down as a conference, but when you win the regular season, you win the tournament, and you beat the other two teams in the league that made the NCAA tournament, one that was also a two seed, six out of seven times you played them, all on the road or neutral sites, I think you should not get sent to the number one overall seed based on regional convenience. So... Not great, but you know, eventually got to beat the teams like Wake Forest to win the title. So go down and win a regional. If people remember, 2015, the Terps got sent to the number one overall seed in the tournament and beat UCLA on the road. So can be done, has been done. I hope the Terps get it done this weekend. But outside of that, baseball regionals is always fun. There's games going on constantly, and um, games become wacky once you get to like Sunday and Monday because of yep. how regionals work with the pitching. It just becomes random guys step up and throw gems or there's just giant offensive explosions from both teams. Like last year, um, Maryland had a guy named Nick Robinson, like stepped up and threw a gem to get them into the regional final against UConn, um, who had, you know, the biggest moment of his career. And he, he was awesome. So stuff like that happens. Um, and it's very fun. So very excited for that. To your point Too about, Maryland being screwed by having to go to Wake Forest when they should ha not have to go to the most difficult. Likewise, Wake Forest has to be fuming that they're getting somebody as good as Maryland as that two seed in that region. Yeah, yeah. It's not really fair to them either. But yeah, somehow in the in Maryland's in Maryland's NCAA recent NCAA different past, they were sent to Wake Forest in 2017. Wake Forest came to Maryland last year, and now they Maryland has been sent to Wake Forest this year. Very bizarre. <laughs> like. Very, uh, it, it's, this stuff is regionalized. The NCAA does things based on travel, but that's very random. Like it's very random that you would be sent to a place like three states away. Like you see a lot of times, like Miami and Florida will get paired in the super regionals because like they're close. Now they don't do that as much because they do the top sixteen seeds, but you'll see like those kind of teams get thrown in. But it's weird that they've they easily could have gone to Virginia. This gets got sent to Virginia this year. They could have gotten sent. To Clemson this year, they could have gotten sent to like a variety of SEC teams that are decently close, a Kentucky, something like that. But they get sent to Wake Forest, and that's how it goes. Uh, Banks, do you have anything? 
Uh, I'm, as you can see, my, my um, display name here is LinkedIn Banks. Uh, just like a personal announcement myself, I've left the accounting industry, sort of. Um, I've ditched uh, the, the accounting itself to get into accounting recruiting. Um, so I'm just putting that out there now. Uh, it's kept me very busy the first couple of days here. Um, really just learning an entire new career. It's a huge career shift for me. I did like a decade in public and private accounting. Um, so if you are an accounting or finance professional, uh, would love to connect on LinkedIn because I'm that guy now. I'll be in your inbox <laughs> soon enough, whether you like it or not. Um, so you might as well just come to me first. Um, and if you have uh, people you know, companies, whatever, that are in need of finding some professionals, I would also love to connect as well. So um, I'm not going to do this whole thing. I, I've always separated um, this whole banks and Barstool and Exit 52 and this whole, you know, Twitter followers and all that stuff. I've always respected my followers by trying not to um except for when i throw out the extension season three i just can't can't help myself on that um i've always tried to respect the why people follow me they want to hear about sports they want to hear about baltimore they want to kind of fuck around on the internet and uh um i try not to mix the two very often but um you know it's okay i think to to kind of do that a little bit here and there and i'll probably put a tweet out there at some point um don't want to be over eager with it or like whatever um but uh yeah i mean i'm i want to help people uh, i've i've been like i said i did like a decade in it i know the the landscape and and how frustrating and challenging it can be for people who are in those roles um especially public accounting and uh um i've always been appreciative of people that help me in those scenarios both mentoring me um allowing me to see kind of the vision of where my career might be headed, headed or what that next move might be and um i'm putting myself in those shoes now and trying to help others so reach out if you're interested if you're not that's cool too um you know i'm still going to be doing the sports thing thanks banks is not going anywhere but linkedin b is uh is a new man i suppose and uh yeah i'm going to be doing a lot more talking not just on a podcast i'm going to be on the phone a lot more so that's going to be a, a lifestyle change, but it is what it is. I'm excited about it. I'm seriously like over the moon about it. Last, like the first few days have been unbelievable. I'm really fired up and that's not just lip service. So yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Happy. Thank year. you. I, I legitimately have like so much more energy outside of work because it's like, I literally don't know where my day went it. Cause it's just like, there's so much happening and it's, it's almost like a game and like, you're just kind of moving and moving and moving. And I think it in the long run, I got to put my head down and learn some shit here for sure. Um, but I think it's going to re-energize me and give me a lot more flexibility and time to, to bring more content to this. That's my, my full circle on this comment where it comes back to what, you know, this podcast itself. Um, I think in the long run, it's going to give me more ability to, to leverage a lot of the relationships and the followers that we have here and, and really get it to a spot where we can bring even better content than we already have. Um, because we're prone to kind of plateauing or coasting for periods of time and we're all busy, you know, it, it happens. Uh, but we, we generally, we have talked a lot about putting our, our foot on the pedal here and, and making some cool shit happen. And, um, we see it pockets, bird bathing was amazing. Um, but 
hopefully some more of that kind of shit around the, you know, on the horizon for us. Very well said. Very well said. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Connect with banks on LinkedIn. Uh, my only honorable mention, and then we'll get out of here. And this, I, you know, I, I wish you two could also be here with me for this. I know Banks was scheduled to go to this, but then some, you know, he had his his work stuff and personal stuff jump in. Uh, the Big Booty Mix premieres on Friday. I will be in Chicago for the the live premiere uh, of Friends of the Show, two friends, um, or should I say, two friends of the show. Um, cannot wait. And um, they do a fantastic job with this every year. I have no issues with us continuing to just give them free publicity on our you know little podcast here. Uh, they do awesome. It was awesome of them to come on our show when they did last year. Um, it was very fun. And I'm very excited to watch them put on this um, in Chi-Town um, with the boys. So um, should be really cool. And they did the uh, they did the tailgate last year. And uh, there was some, yep. you know – People, you know, people are whispering, uh, you know, could, maybe, I don't know, could happen again. I don't, maybe, I don't know. Maybe. People, people might be talking. I don't, I don't know. I, you know. They're not talking, but people might be. People are talking and that's what we do on the show. And the talking yeah. is over. Follow our sponsors, Jimmy Seafood, Thread Level Midnight, Fed Thrill, um, uh, Black Eyed Susan Spices, all of the, the people that support us very much appreciate it. Connect with Banks on LinkedIn and follow them on Twitter at Barstool Banks. You can follow RDT at EDITTI22. You can follow me at Taylor's by 10. You can follow Jake at Jake Luke, just his first and last name. Then you can follow Spencer at Ravens for Dummies. That's the number four between Ravens and Dummies. Follow the podcast at Exit52. Give us a review on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcast. That always helps the show. We will see you next time on the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy's Seafood.